Welcome to the Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on 740 The Fan. Honey, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! The Golf Show is presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you in part by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Forest Hills Resort, Moorhead Parks, Wildflower Golf Course, and Austed's Golf. Here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? Now, let's head to the first tee. This guy's pretty good. And here's your host, Jeff Kolpak. Hard to believe it's the last show of the spring-summer season. I cannot believe it, but it's been a real pleasure. Thanks for the fan. 740 for having me, 107.3 FM, 740thefan.com is the email. The show always brought to you at KRK Marine and Power Sports Studios. Later in the show, Dave Osted, CEO of Osted's Golf, is going to join us, and Dave Schultz on his quest to continue his professional golf career. But first and foremost, I can't think of a better way to end the season than to get the guru of golf shows in the, in America, frankly, and Dan the Common Man Cole, host of the Common Man uh, radio show you can hear, heard here on 740 The Fan. Common, thanks for taking the time. How's it going? Yeah, it's going well. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm excited and delighted to be here. That's a, that's a heck of an open you got there. Yeah. That's impressive. Thanks. You know, I do a golf show Saturdays myself with the boring name of Tita Green. It, it, it was named that back in 93 or 94. We never changed it. Why change something that works, right? But, right. you know, we just do it. We just have music, and then I just open it myself. I like that. You guys... You guys work hard there at, at 740. <laughs> it's, 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 it's impressive. Well, I love it. I'm a sports writer by trade, but if I could just do this golf show, if that's all I had to do in life, that'd be just perfect. Just once a it's week a good golf. good gig if you can get it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, later in the show, we're going to talk some, some golf, and I want to get some thoughts on you and the industry and, and your summer. But I thought, let's have a little fun. Let's have a golf show show off. I know it's the JV versus the varsity, but we're going to give it a shot. And right. uh, are you ready? I'm ready to go. You just tell you tell me when. I'm I'm uh, on your mark. Get set. Go. All right. Okay. Well, Derek Derek Hansen is going to be the judge jury. I, I know you might think the books are cooked, but believe me, he's as honest <laughs> as they come. But uh, gotcha. as as a guest, you get first shot. Question one. Let's just go as simple as this. Your favorite show, Common? Like what do you mean the, the Common Man program? Yeah. No. No. On your golf show. Oh, your I favorite? thought you meant. Yeah. You're... Oh, um, I don't really have one. They all yep. kind of run the same. I, you know, I don't think I really have a, 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 a favorite. I like the ones when I'm on the road playing golf in the morning before I play <laughs> up at Camp Richard at Grandview or over at Legacy or Deacon's Lodge and want to get up to the Brainerd Lakes area. But I don't know if I really have a favorite show. They all kind of, they all run together. We basically, we, we, we talk a little of this, a little of that with the emphasis on the lot, try to cover, uh, world golf scene, local golf scene, and then, you know, we do equipment talk, and, you know, we, mm-hmm. we blend it all together. I don't think anyone stands out over another. All right, Derek? I, I think, uh, boy, for me, it, it's kind of We hard. just want a yes or no on that. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it fits perfectly, yes. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. I, I'm going to go with Dave Osted, and it's, when he talked to Adam on earlier this summer, he talked about Amy Olson's Golf for Africa and how they – uh, really raised a lot of money, 150 grand for clean drinking wells. Derek, are you tearing up yet? Uh, no, no, but that okay. is well, quite a deal. Yeah, it is quite a deal. So more, I'm more gonna go than with I've that. ever done. I'm going to go with that. All right. Who's the winner? Uh, well, I mean, I don't know, Comet. It's hard to go against someone who's actually golfing and actually, you know, helping out water. And yeah, and no, different. that's the winner. I'm I'm already behind. You know, we learned to count Detroit. Oh and one. Oh and two. Oh and three. 
Question number two. Your the best player you featured this year or had on your show would be who if you were to to pen uh, somebody? Uh it would either be let me see. Well, I guess it would be Tom Lehman. We had him on mm. when we were up at Legacy. He's doing the renovation up there on uh the legacy courses at Craig and so we had him on for a half hour and we talked mostly golf course architecture, but we did talk a little bit about his golf career. Also, we had uh, Isabella McCauley on, a, a local uh, gal who um, she's 17 years old, and she qualified for the uh, Women's U.S. Open and did quite well for herself. And um, so those would be the two. I mean, because, I mean, her, better, her best golf is in front of her, while I think Tom's best golf is behind him, and that's not a criticism of Tom. That's just the way it is. He's the same age as I am. He's 62. He can still get the ball around the course, obviously, but... You know, is he? At, there was a time he was the number one ranked player in the world. I mean, number one ranked player in the world. So okay, I get it. I he's get not, it. He's not. Yeah, he's not there anymore. Uh, but no. he's still very talented. But I would say Isabella McCauley is. I think if she continues, I mean, obviously you've seen a lot of great high school and college golfers. You know, it never pan out on tour. But she seems like she's got a good head on her shoulders, and she's uh, she knows what she's doing, and she's got a lot of talent. So I would say she's probably the best player, mm, definitely. That's going to be tough. I'm going to go with uh, Tom Hoagie, kid from Fargo. Didn't have the best summer, but rallied at the uh, in the first round of the FedEx Cup last week. Took fourth to advance to the finals. He's made, uh, I think, $7 million on the tour. Uh, that's about it. I uh, got Derek. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think, I think, I think I got to go. Common man, uh, Tom Layman, you know, that's some All right, one and one. there. Yeah. One and one. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm a late bloomer, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm that, I'm that horse that starts out of the gate slowly. And then once we get to the clubhouse turn, I'm on the way. Okay. Question number three, the most preposterous statement if you could, you made on the golf show this year or maybe in your career as a Ooh. golf show host, is there something that you just said and went, oh, man, I, I shouldn't have said that? Well, I, I would never say I shouldn't have said that because I never take back anything I said. But I, I guess most people would think the most preposterous was is I was in a very dark place with my golf game this year, as bad as I've ever been, really was struggling. And I made the statement as I started to get a little bit better, I said, if I'm able to get my game from the abyss where it has been and get it to where I once was, it will be a greater comeback than Ben Hogan after suffering those injuries and that horrific car crash when he slammed into the bus back in 1950. <laughs> so, well, because the, the emotional scars are just as deep as physical ones, aren't oh, they? So I made game. a statement that my, I said my comeback would be greater than Hogan's. And I think I think people thought that was, and I guess, quite frankly, it probably is. But it just sounded good at the time. Okay. Well, has it been? Has it has a comeback yeah. been? I know how it's better, but it's not. It's not Hogan like. No, I'm I, I'm better. I finally figured out my uh, my issues with my swing, and I'm I'm still working them. But I'm playing better, and I feel better about my game. But yeah, I, that was probably pretty preposterous. Yeah, well, uh, that, that's pretty good. I'm going to go. Uh, speaking of golf for Africa, and it's been. Hotter than Africa this summer. I don't know about Minneapolis, but Fargo's have been awful. There was a week when it was like 100 degrees three or four st- days in a row, and I opened the show after that great opening, of course, and, and how do you take a great opening and, and just put a stupid twinge on it? I go, it's hot outside. <laughs> 
go. End of story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think we're, getting, we're giving Common Man yeah. one if he's comparing himself to, you know, Hogan. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Two, two so. and one for Common <laughs> Okay. Well, this will be a, I have a chance to tie and, and tie in golf, I guess. So you go to playoff. But uh, your coolest story this year, your coolest feature, your coolest moment this summer on your golf show would be what? Um, when I compared my house self to Ben Hogan, no, um, <laughs> I, um, let me think of the best moment on a golf show. You get to go to some great places, by the way, in, in your show. And, and uh, yeah, we do go to great places, but I don't know if I would, if there's anything that really stands out. Like what, what, what do you mean? Like, well, a uh, moment. Well, I went to, I'll, I'll start with this one. I did a story okay. on the, on the Mayville golf course, which is a small town course in, in North Dakota that, the course was starting to crumble a little bit, and the clubhouse was just going to pieces, and a bunch of guys got together, raised money, and now it's the crown jewel of a little community. Once they had a, a thunderstorm rip through the summer, like the only thunderstorm, and within a couple hours they had chainsaws and community members helping clean up the course. And I thought that was just kind of a feel-good story yeah. on, on a community coming together. Yeah, that's way better than anything. I, I can't come up with anything like that. You're too big time. I, you know. Maybe maybe when we got a debate about what uh, uh, what the better golf ball is, Bellata or Serlin covered, that was controversial too. We had complaints coming. There, were people said, "How dare you bring that subject up on, on a daytime radio show?" So that was pretty controversial, you know, Bellata versus Serlin. So that's about as crazy. I think you're a winner. Well, I think okay, we tied. Well, right. So very good. Well, two to two is how we. Yeah, well, we're we're going to take a break on that note, and we're going to end that that. A version of the show it was that was great we're gonna take a break more with the common man we're gonna talk some real golf and some real stories and some real good stuff right after this welcome back this is jeff kopak this is the golf show on 740 the fan our pleasure to have dan the common man cole host of tita green on our last show of the season, Common, I want to know where did you get your love of golf? I, you know, you, you talk, you always ask the questions. I'm just curious to if you answer some of these. Well, I, you know, I, I, I mean, my my dad played golf when I was a kid, and you know, when when I was growing up, and so I I sort of, you know, you emulate your father. So I thought, well, he plays golf. I'd like to play golf too. But again, we were sort of a upper lower class or lower middle class family and didn't have a lot of money. So I had no clubs and really didn't go play much, but I just banged around and enjoyed the game and thought it was fun, but I never really was passionate about it until I started working at the fan. And then I started hosting the golf show with Craig Warren and Chad Hartman, who, uh, was at, you know, at the time was working at the fan. He's over at, um, you know, uh, WCCO radio now, Oh, but he played a lot of golf, a very accomplished player. And so we just would, we'd go out and play a lot. And, and I just, you know, had the opportunity to play a lot of golf. And so, you know, with, with my hours, I could play mornings and I started playing. And so it was really in the, in the mid nineties when I started working at the fan, where I really kind of fell in love with, uh, with the game. I, it's, uh, I just love it for all the reasons everybody else does. I like getting up early and playing. I like, uh, I like the quiet out there. I like the challenge of, of battling. I really like when I play with my buddies, we rarely play for money because I, I, for me, it's like I'm battling mother nature, the golf course architect, the guy who set the pins that day. And then really myself, you know, can, mm-hmm. 
can you stay calm, cool, and collected when you need to make a big shot? So I just I find it a real challenge. Uh, and uh, so yeah, it, it was mid '90s when I really fell in love with the game. Do, do you find it like your sanctuary, a time to get away, a time to think about things, uh, what to do on the show, life, uh, all those things? Because as a, as a talk show host, you got people around, you got people calling you. You're a public figure. Is this your time away? Oh yeah, yeah. I um, like I say, I I, I generally won't play at the golf course if I can't get the first tee time. And that's not me, you know, it's, it's, it's not like, you know, I got a habit. I'm not, I'm not like, you know, I'm not doing a, don't you know who I am, but I, I'll just call around and say, Hey, it's coming. Hey, coming. You coming out. Yeah. Can I get that first tee time? The first three are taken. I'll come back another time because I like to get out early and I like to play quickly so I can do other things. I like to get my round in in three hours, and because I go out first and usually play either solo or maybe with two other guys, I don't do many foursomes. Mm-hmm. I usually do myself uh, or one or two other guys. We all play relatively quick, and so yeah, it's quiet. And it, you know, in in one of my my regular playing partner, he he doesn't talk a lot. Of, I mean, if if we say a hundred words, I say <laughs> ninety of them. He says ten. Yeah. So it's uh, but when I play by myself, particularly, it's that's when I yeah, it's that's I I I would rather play with somebody, but I don't mind playing. But I know there's some people that won't play golf by themselves because they like the social aspect of it, which is probably the most important part. Something about early morning by yourself, walking the front nine or walking eighteen holes by yourself when it's quiet. So yeah, so I, you know, I, I I do and I do enjoy playing with people, but I, I I do like the solo rounds early in the morning because they do give you a lot of time to just think about this, that, and that. What's your handicap? Uh, my swing, you know, as the old joke goes, you know, I, you know, going into the year was about a five. And then I'm telling you, I'm not exaggerating when I say I was in a dark place. I was having trouble breaking 90 really. Wow. And so, but I, you know, I, I, I wasn't entering scores. So right now, if you look me up, you'd see me at about a five, but I'm probably, I, I'm trending back in that direction, but I'm probably 10 or a 12 right now, you know, and I, I can play better than that. And I will, I, I'm starting to figure it out again, but boy, I'll tell you what, you guys know the game. If you, you know, you know, you, you can, it's like a roller coaster at the state fair. I mean, mm-hmm. you can go up and you, 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 you get on a roll and then all of a sudden you can just forget your swing in a day. I always, I, here's what I tell people when they wonder what, where their game goes. I, you're probably familiar with the name David Lingworth. He was on the pro tour, might still have a card, probably plays in tournaments. Mm-hmm. This was several years ago. He went 64, 84 in the first two rounds of a tournament, Ooh. 64, 84. This is a guy with a tour card. He went 64, 84. So if he can have a 20 shot swing in one day, not in the summer, I'm talking about in one day, the next day, what makes any of us think any of us think that we can keep posting, you know, get to that, whatever your handicap is, where you're playing your best, whether it's a scratch or a two or a five or a 15 and think you're going to stay there. It's just too difficult to do There's too many moving parts in a swing, too many components to it, too many variables. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, my, my, I would say my handicap is probably a 10 right now, 10, 12. The 3M tourney, I know a lot of us in the Red River Valley don't really uh, get a sense of how big it is in the Twin Cities, but how has that gone over the PGA tournament? Oh, they love it. Uh, you know, you hear it's a cliche, but, you know, uh, the reason they're cliches is they're true. Minnesota is a golf-loving state. You know, Ryder Cup, that's why they're bringing the Ryder Cup back. Hazeltine's a great venue, and there were so many people there with so many, 40,000 people, so much excitement. The crowd's really vocal, uh, but 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 not ornery. You know, they, mm-hmm. they're, they're not disrespectful to, to, to the Europeans. 
And so they're coming back. Anytime there's been a pro event here, we've had PGA championships here before. We've had um, the Women's U.S. Open here. It's you know it's it's nearly sellout crowds all the time. We had Solheim Cup at Interlock, and and people love golf. It gives them something to do. People like going to events. You know, summers are short, and anytime you can go play, uh, watch the best in the world play, they turn out. So yeah, it's um it's very well received here. Very well received. A few minutes left with Common Man Dan, the Common Man Cole. This is Jeff Kopak on the Golf Show. With Jeff Kopak brought to you on KRK Marine at Power Sports Studios. You played Hazeltine, I presume. Uh, your thoughts? Uh, what, what would you shoot from the tips in a Ryder Cup uh, conditions? Oh, I would never break a hundred. That course is almost. They can play it now at seventy-eight hundred yards. Jesus. I don't think they do that for Ryder Cup. I think they do it at seventy-six. But no, it's 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 just long. It's it's arduous. The greens, you know, and, and you know, for Ryder Cup, they're putting the greens pretty fast. Now, if you remember last Ryder Cup, they cut the rough down because the United States mm-hmm. wanted it that way, so it wasn't like U.S. Open rough. But, no, and it's, it's in a tournament condition. It's probably the – well, it is. It's, it's the toughest course in, in, in the state of Minnesota. And when, when, when they put it in tournament conditions, it's, it's, there's, it's no place for me. As a matter of fact, and no disrespect to Hazeltine or their members, I don't know if I'd want to belong there just from the fact that you have to be a good player even from the members' tees. It's one of those courses where – Two is a prime example. If you, it's it's a slight dog leg left uphill, and if you don't hit your drive pretty much in the right spot off the tee, depending upon where that pin is, you can't really get at it to a point where you can get it close. You have to be a really good player, a precise player to play that course, and that's a bit much for me. I need something softer, particularly at my at my age, my advanced age of early sixties. But it's a wonderful championship golf course. There's no question. But I I would struggle. I. I most most uh, average players would struggle mightily from that course, no yeah. matter where, where, what tees they play. Yeah, I can attest to that. I did have the privilege to play it once, and I'll just say I parred the SIG hole, number 16, I believe. Yes. Although it took yep. a 50-yard chip to within, you know, tap-in distance. But um, it is a beast. I mean, my God. Yeah. I was going to say, and when the wind blows, because it kind of blows out here on the prairie, it's just – I remember back in the – I think it was the 2009 PGA Championship. It rained heavily Friday evening after the golf was over, but rained heavily. It was a deluge. And then the winds picked up on Saturday morning, and they were blowing 20 to 30 miles, gusting to 30, 35. And because it was so wet and windy, they actually moved the tees up for the guys. I mean, you know, that's what people, you know, if, if you watch at your local golf courses, uh, after you know, on, on a wet course on a cold day, windy day, guys will still want to play the t- the, the tees they're generally accustomed to, mm-hmm. and all they're doing is lengthening it by several hundred yards when the ball won't roll. Even the best players in the world at, at the PGA Championship, they said, "Folks, we got to move these up. We can't have them playing four eighty four ninety par fours with because with, with, you add a fifty yards to it with the wind and the wet. Now you're playing par fours at five ten five twenty. That's that's impossible." So, um, yeah, when the wind blows out there, it gets really hard. I don't think you need length, and we just got a couple minutes left here, but I don't think you need length to have a great course. I had the privilege of the pleasure of playing Rush Creek and, and Legends earlier this week in the Twin Cities. Boy, they had some fantastic holes, and you didn't have to take a driver and then your three-wood to try to reach the green. I thought that was fantastic. No, well, and that's the, and, and, and you know as well as I do, it's, it's, it's play the proper team. The, the late, great Harvey Pennock who was the uh, instructor for Ben Crenshaw and, and Tom Kite, who has the red book, green book, and blue book with his little golf lessons that he does in story-like fashion. You know, he would he was the uh, head professional of the Austin Country Club down in Texas, and he would, 
he would sit under the pecan tree by the first tee and watch members go to the back tees, and he would say, those are for Ben Crenshaw and Tom Kite. You know, there's so many guys that think they're so good and they play the line. And that's fine. There are players all over the country that can play back there. But golf is supposed to be fun. That's like for me, I've, you know, I, I, I would always, you know, when I first started playing a lot and, in, in, you know, when I was in my, you know, 30, you know, in my, you know, when I started playing a lot in the mid nineties, when I was, you know, just approaching 40, mid thirties, mm-hmm. I, 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 I would play, you know, further back. I would play courses at 67, 68, 6,600 yards. Now I'm more comfortable at 62, 63. Cause I'm only, I used to hit the ball 260 off the tee. I hit it now maybe 230 at best. So move back. I check my ego at the trunk of the car. I, right. I don't try to beat somebody I'm not. Common, the uh, the godfather of golf shows, as we say around here. Thank you. Appreciate the time. I, I appreciate it. Thanks for having thanks. me. And good luck. And let's, let's play golf sometime. Let's Next time you get down to the Twin Cities, give me a holler and we'll play. I will. Thanks. I appreciate that. That's Dan, the common man, Cole. This is Jeff Kopak. We'll be back right after this. And we are back. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the golf show on 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM and 740thefan.com. Thanks again for the common man. It's always uh, uh, interesting when you get somebody of that stature to join the show. Somebody who's been a long member, member, member and standing, I guess, of the show, a longtime guest and longtime participant, Dave Schultz, kind enough to take a few minutes to join us on what's going on, David, this summer. We've lost, we haven't been in touch since last spring. I'll update our listeners on where you're at with your game. Well, Jeff, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I've been playing this little, the North Dakota Open Mark seven of the last eight weekends playing. So mm-hmm. it's been, uh, been all over the region playing Dakota's Tour stuff and played one event down in uh, Waterloo, Iowa and getting a lot of rounds under my belt, just uh, getting ready for Q school come late September. So it's been just a bunch of playing and practicing and putting my head down and, and uh, trying to get after and get the game back. What are you getting after when you, when you put your head down and getting after, what are you getting after as far as uh, the improvement in your game? Well, the nice thing is this year we've, uh, my wife and I decided to, to go all in on, on pro golf and that's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, just to be able to every single morning you wake up and that's what you're focused on. And, and that's what you're thinking about when you go to bed at night. So uh, just the mental focus has really helped and my game starting to come around. So they kind of have some momentum going now and, and uh, between tournaments really, it's just kind of maintaining. And if there's a little weak spot in my game I, that I see in a tournament, I'll, I'll work on that a little bit extra between tournaments. But the key is just the, the events. And I've said this many times before, if, if you're playing and you want to play at a competitive level, level you you gotta you gotta get out there and put yourself in position and, and get nervous and get under the gun and and, and uh, the best practice you can do is to, to be in actual golf tournament. So it's been it's been a fun eight weeks and uh, I'm I'm really excited about prospects for Q School and I'm working hard and focused on that. When you get nervous, you're talking about nervous and dealing with nerves. Experience obviously helps. How have you addressed that over the years? And it obviously. It, it, you got to be in a better spot with that. Yeah, you do. Um, you know, I'll be honest with you for a number of years, uh, couldn't overcome it, uh, especially with the driver. I mean, I almost, almost call it the driver yips to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, you know, it's just takes a lot of mental fortitude and a lot of practice and, and believing in yourself and, and getting in situations that you were uncomfortable maybe the last few years and, and executing shots. And it just, like I said, it, 
it builds momentum and and you get things going in the right direction and instead of uh worrying about an upcoming tee shot it just kind of floats on by okay. and you're just looking ahead in the fairway and getting another birdie look so uh the game is to that point so it's the intangibles are there the way i feel on the golf course the way my nervous system feels i'm just calm when i get on a get on a green i'm excited to have the putter in my hands and and uh, I haven't had any rounds really low. I've had a, a handful of four under rounds. But, uh, you know, I think they'll come if I just keep my, giving myself birdie looks and, and having a good, clear mindset. I've talked to Amy Olson about this probably on a couple of occasions on this show that she focuses on some breathing techniques and, and things like that. Do you partake in that stuff or you just play? Well, uh, I don't necessarily do breathing techniques, but mm. uh, maybe I should talk to her about it. That's a good idea. <laughs> Really just kind of exposure. It's almost like exposure therapy. Like get, get out there, keep playing, yeah. and get into a groove and, and uh, you know, really get in a rhythm while you're in golf tournaments. It's, it's easy to stand on the driving range and hit the same shot ten times in a row when, there, when it doesn't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to, to get in your car and travel to a tournament and have a tee time and get out there with, with other pros and be on that tough tee shot, to stand there and execute is a different story. So it's been fun to uh, to be able to kind of overcome some things and, and really looking forward with a positive outlook. Dave Schultz joins us on the Golf Show. This is Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan. Dave, have you uh, sought the advice of, of coaches, teachers? Or are you going that route at all? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I've, I've uh, spoken six times this year with uh, Ward Jarvis, who's working with some guys on the PGA Tour. And it's just uh, really good to get a little perspective and, and just kind of understanding, um, that, uh, it's just golf and focus on the golf and everything else will take care of itself instead of kind of, you know, gosh, if I don't get through Q school this fall, what's going to happen, you know, really just have a clear mindset and let your, let your ability take over. So, um, I guess, uh, getting out of your own way is another way to say it. So (laughs) I've been talking with him a little bit Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, I, Larry Murphy's looked at me swing. John Dahl's looked at me swing. I mean, these are all guys that I've played in front of for many years. So uh, people that I trust. And it's been a lot of fun to uh, to see the support from people that have been in my life for many years, knowing that this is the last shot and um, want to give it my all. So it's been really humbling. Have you changed anything with the swing? No. The only thing I've done is I've committed to what I do best. And what I do best is hit a cut. Um but you always want what you don't have. Yeah, <laughs> and I, right. I want to stand on that right to left tee shot and hit a draw that goes maybe 10 to 15 yards further when it lands. But my shot's a cut. And the bottom line is hitting the fairway and being in position to make a birdie. So I've, uh, what I do in practice, I get on the range and I try and hit hooks. And I get that swing path inside out. Mm-hmm. And then I get on the golf course and uh, I hit my shot. And it's a little two to five yard cut. And I'm committed to that. And it seems to be in a nice little rhythm now and, and something that I can depend on. At your age, uh, what, mid to upper 30s? I don't think we need to get specifically. But 38. 38. Yep. That's what I thought. <laughs> physical, physically fitness, physical fitness-wise, do you, uh, you know, are you doing the Bryson route? Are you bulking up? Are you working out a lot? Or is that not part, part of your uh, improvement game this summer? No, it's, it's really just all about flexibility and being able to be over the ball and, and feel I guess, open in a sense and not tight. Uh, so I, you know, chiropractor weekly, uh, yoga weekly and, um, take care of myself off the golf course. And I, you know, playing every day is actually better than taking a couple days off. You know, if I keep moving, I've found that I I'm in a better place physically. So 
thing I really was encouraged about the last eight weeks is I'm getting to the final round of every one of these tournaments, and I feel as fresh as I was at the beginning of the tournament. So, um, and these Q school rounds are, are four rounds of, of intense golf rounds. So I'm, I feel like I'm in a pretty good spot. I'm going to keep taking care of myself. And, but it's definitely more maintenance of 38 than 28. I promise you that. Try being 57. I played three rounds in a row this summer at the Twin, at Twin Seas. I got to the last few holes at Rush Creek, and I just wanted to, you know, go, wow, I'm just shocked. <laughs> the funny thing is we play, uh, you know, in these Dakota Tour events, we play with amateurs. And by the end of the second round, these amateurs that are about to make the cut, they're like, oh, no, I got to play tomorrow. Yeah. I'm sore. Oh, no. You know, it's, it's, it's tough playing three days in a row. Right, right. If you're not used to it, I should say. I want to tap your mind on the PGA Tour for a second with uh, Tom Hoagie in that he struggled this summer missing a series of cuts and then comes back. He's 108th going into the FedEx Cup Finals at the Northern Trust Open, then then rips off a fourth-place finish. How do you explain, if at all, a, a guy who can go struggling like that at that level and then just almost win a tournament? Yeah, Tom has an ability to <clears throat> add maybe add to his level of focus and, and he. He's got an ability to do it when he needs it. Um, I think we've touched on this before, but there was a, a year there where he had to go back to the Corn Ferry Tour Finals to, to regain his card, mm-hmm. and he wasn't playing that particularly well going into that, but what did he do? It came out, I think he finished, I don't know, in the top 10 in the first playoff or second playoff event. So he's got a history of turning it on when he needs to, um, and I was fortunate enough he asked me to caddy for him in the Valspar down in Tampa this year. And that was a great experience. And, oh, really? Hmm. And uh, I will tell you that uh, other guys on the PGA Tour stop and, and they watch Tom hit deranged balls because it's a different sound even than guys on the PGA Tour. It's super crisp. It's, it's such a tight, such a tight pattern. Um, I'm caddying for him out there, and I'm, I'm realizing, man, your alleys are a lot tighter than mine. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's ready to go after every stick because he has that confidence and he can physically do it. So uh, he's obviously a, a wonderful talent. And uh, like I said, he, he can turn it on. Not surprising to me. He can turn it on when he needs to, and um, hopefully he plays well this week. Never old enough to learn some things. Did you learn some things just being around him and around those players? Uh, I did. I did. I, uh, You know, I'll be honest with you. I was out there for three years and played a couple PGA Tour events. Yep. It was good to see a lot of the guys out there. And, and I, I guess – I didn't learn as much other than just saying, you know what, that this is this guy's strong suit and he's going to, he's going to embellish it. He's going to go after it. You know, we're going to go after, we're going to go after pins that maybe others would be a little bit more conservative because he has that confidence level and that's the strong suit. And so I guess I, my takeaway leaving there was if your strong suit didn't cut with your driver, do it every time, catch the fairway. If your strong suits within a hundred yards, getting up and down, let's give yourself as many looks from a hundred yards and in from the fairway as possible. So I guess you could say my takeaway is just kind of accentuate your positives and, and uh, try and manage the things that are a little weaker in your game. That's great. That's great. David, uh, look ahead. To, we're looking forward to Q School and how you're doing. Best of luck. And, again, thanks uh, always for your contributions to the show. You bet. Thanks for thanks. having me. Thanks. That's Dave Schultz. This is Jeff Kopak. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Dave Osted, the CEO of Osted's Golf, joins us for our final segment back after this. Did you hit it twice? Chili Dipper. And welcome back. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show on 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM and 740thefan.com. I can't think of 
Anybody better to wrap up a season of spring and summer golf than Dave Osted, the CEO of Osted's Golf. He's been with us all through the summer and spring, like I said, and kind enough to take a few minutes this morning. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Jeff. I'm kind of depressed. Yeah, I know. Sorry. The last show, man. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, man. It, it seems like we just started talking about, yeah, the grass is greening up. It's going to be a great yeah. season. I love fall golf. I mean, I do. I do and maybe we'll just start right there because uh, it's one of my favorite times of the year to play. Football, golf, and I think it's underrated, too. So uh, from a Osted's CEO standpoint, your opinion on fall golf and what people can find at your store, frankly, to to help them through it. Well, fall, you, you are absolutely right, Jeff. It is the best time to go play. The golf courses are typically, if you can figure out when they're going to aerate the greens, it's a wonderful time to go out mm-hmm. and play. Typically, it's, it's uh, less crowded. The temperatures are more reasonable. The wind's down a little bit. Uh, it is fantastic, and sometimes we get a little frustrated because um, people, you know, come Labor Day, they just think, oh, okay, season's over, and they throw their clubs in the garage and, and move on to hunting or football or, or, or whatever, and there is, I would challenge your listeners to just yeah. really uh, make sure they get out and enjoy the fall. There's some incredible courses in the area that have great color in the fall, and, and it just, uh and you might want to make sure you've got some different colored golf balls. I was going to say, right. I played the other day, and there was some leaves down, and I, I, I wasn't thinking. I pulled out a yellow ball, and <laughs> that lasted about two holes. Yeah. It was like I couldn't find it anywhere. But fall golf's amazing, and, and uh, just a great opportunity to get out and play and enjoy it because uh, we all know what comes next. And uh, Yep. Uh, which, which, you know, I should probably just make a point, too, to mm-hmm. just say – in the Midwest here, we have been blessed not only with four distinct seasons, but we now have the ability to play golf year-round. I mean, Austin sells hitting nets. We have putting greens. We have, uh, we're actually working on you know, some home simulators that people can buy for their home garage or whatever. You've got sweet shots opening up in Fargo here in a, mm-hmm. in a few months. Yep. So you're going to be able to play all winter long. Um, and Sioux Falls has had... Uh, great shots open now for I think four years, something like that. I was there yesterday, and and uh, I've was uh, I've played at uh, Great Shots when it was 20 degrees, less than actually less than 20, and it was very comfortable. I'm playing in shirt sleeves. Yeah, I've heard that. Right. And it's, yeah, it's it's great. So it really extends the season and allows you to play golf almost year round. We still have Fargo days. You know the 40 below thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a little intense, but uh, but otherwise you can keep playing all year long. Yeah, I had the architect of the Sweet Shots facility going up on the show last weekend, and just fascinating how things have changed over in the business. How has the business been for you this summer? Has it been different? Has it been the same? Can you categorize it? <laughs> different would be a would be a, actually crazy is the word that uh, most of us in the industry use because. Uh, you know, for years, and I think I've talked about this before, the golf industry has been fairly flat. It's mm-hmm. really, and we get a couple million people that get into the game, a couple million people that leave. It's been pretty much flat. And all of a sudden, just with COVID and uh, more interest in the game and the ability to have health and, you know, social distance and all that, the last two years, it has, has exploded. So rounds played our weight up. New people are into the game. And at the same time, you've got manufacturers who are having a hard time sourcing product bringing product in. Uh, so we're scrambling to try to fry, find product for these brand new people in the game who want to go out and play. It's a good problem to have because mm-hmm. we have a lot of folks that really, uh, I think the last two years are going to, in the future, we're going to look back and go, that was that was one of the best growth periods for 
for golf. And this is happening in, uh, I've talked to some friends who have uh, bicycle shops and, and I mean, anything that's relating to outdoors that you can get out. They're having a wonderful time because it's, People want to get out. They want to do things. They're going crazy with this uh, whole COVID thing. But. And your family's been in the business since 1963, so on the craziness meter, it's got to be up in the top <laughs> five. Seen, I thought we've seen it all, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, you know, honestly, here's one for you. So I'm just talking with our Titleist uh, Regional uh, just the other day. And just to tell you that this is probably not going to go away anytime soon, um, DuPont, who makes Surlin, which is in almost every golf ball uh, out there, uh, is having problems because they have a big plant in Texas that had to shut down for COVID and for some weather-related issues earlier this spring. So they told Titleist, obviously the number one ball manufacturer in the world, that they're going to put them on allocation for Surlin for mm. next year. <laughs> Thinking, wow. Okay, the one thing I really, really need as a golf star is i got to make sure i got golf balls. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the basics. I think that's going to happen. I, I, I don't want to alarm anyone, but it just shows you how unique and different the season has been. Uh, because they're, they, they, they're, they're, they said, put your orders in now, make sure you're, you got them healthy. And we're proud to say that we never ran out of pro E ones all year long. We always had them, I always had them on the shelf and we're going to hopefully have that next year as well. But yeah, it's, it's, it was a crazy, crazy year. And now I got all these new people that came in to our Fargo store earlier in the year saying, I want to get into the game and I'm, I'm looking for a package set. And we didn't have them. Mm-hmm. We have them now, Jeff. Okay. If you want to, if you want a package set, yeah. <laughs> they're in stock. Uh, Nick and Ben and the boys can get you fit in with, for a, a brand new package set that uh, is not going to be real expensive. And I will assure you that sadly, another thing you're going to see next year is the prices are going to go up on everything mm-hmm. because shipping has gone up. Uh, raw materials are going up. Uh, it's, it's just, a, it's kind of blown me away as I've, uh, every phone call we get from a manufacturer is, Hey, we have to raise prices. We have to raise prices. And it's, it's unfortunately happening in virtually everything that you're buying today. And it's happening in golf as well. So buy now, buy now. So buy now, yep. uh, actually buy before the, a lot of it's going into effect in September. So okay. go see them in August before you get the price increases. But yep. Uh, you know, in fall, normally you expect people kind of put things away. We're going to get some new stuff coming in. Uh, we have some phenomenal new product from Titleist. Now uh, the new T-Series iron is in. Uh, we have the components. We can get you fit right now. Mm-hmm. They have four different iron blades from uh, guys like you who are sticks who, who who don't you know hit the sweet spot every who do hit the sweet spot every time <laughs> all the way to the T T three hundred which is a more game improvement club yep uh, and we have the, all the components we can fit you and dial it right into the to the swing that you have Ping has a brand new beautiful it's more of a player's club a T or a I fifty nine premium premium iron that really is awesome again components are in stock we can fit you we can make it happen. And then TaylorMade has one of their best-selling clubs, the P790s. Uh, they went in and retooled the whole thing. So they're, those are brand-new clubs, mm-hmm. different than the old P790s. And, and, again, come on, take a look at those. And and as I've said before, the difference between Austeds and, say, some of the other guys is we are a top 100 fitter. Our guys know what they're doing. We send them all over the country and have them trained by the same guys who are fitting Rory McIlroy and, and Tiger Woods and, and Jason, Jason Day and all those guys. Our guys are actually talking to the guys that built their clubs uh, down in California okay. and Texas, and and it works. They know what they're talking about. Just a couple of minutes left with Dave Osted, the CEO of Osted's Golf, stores all over the Midwest, including Fargo. And uh, I think, Dave, we should end this on uh, end the season on this note and a feel good moment in golf because I think golf is just that way. 
and you're very involved in Amy Olson's Golf for Africa project. You you had an event. Maybe you could review that a little bit and where that project is headed. I know that's probably a 20-minute answer for you, but if we can throw can, it in I a couple of minutes. Yeah. Quick. Yeah. I can do it quick. Yeah. So first of all, golf, as you know, gives more, more to charity than any other sport. Uh, every single golf tournament on the PGA, LPGA, has a large percentage of their money that they raise goes to charity, and I'm very mm-hmm. proud of being in an industry that does that. Mm-hmm. And we uh, participate as well. I uh, got to meet Amy about five years ago, who is the sweetest, uh, most wonderful gal on the LPGA Tour and just a wonderful girl, and she has Golf for Africa on her golf bag. And after we talked to her for a while, we said we want to partner with her. And uh, raising $50,000 actually builds an entire water system for a community in Africa that has no water. They have people that have to walk sometimes two to three miles to get fresh water. And I'm happy to say that our goal for this year, we just started it last year. Uh, this year, we will, our goal is to raise 150000 So we will have three water systems for three communities and includes hospitals, schools, and the whole works. We had an event in Fargo probably three weeks ago, and it was over at the Meadows. It was phenomenal. We had a great time. Uh, we anticipate, yeah, we're going to raise uh, close to 50000 here just in the last three or four weeks to get us to that 150. And um, it's just cool to be able to give back. And uh, Golf for Africa is a wonderful charity started by Betsy King, mm-hmm. who is an LPGA Hall of Famer. And uh, they are raising, they believe, and this is another cool thing, is you hear a lot of these charities that it kind of never goes away. With the uh, with the momentum that's happening here, they expect, and this is the country of Zambia, which is in the center of uh, southern southern Africa, they will take care of the problem by the year 2030. Wow, by the year 2030, everyone in Zambia will have access to fresh water, which is pretty amazing. Uh, at a time when we hear bad news all the time, terrible things going on everywhere, uh, we're we in in Fargo, North Dakota, are helping to bring fresh water to a community halfway around the world. And I think it's I think it's a really cool thing, and it says a lot for Fargo, and we're thrilled to be a part of it with Amy Olson, and, and uh, we're going to continue to be a part of it. Well, Dave, we were thrilled to have you all summer. Thanks again. I really enjoyed our chats. Really informative and good stuff, and uh, we'll continue this, I hope. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Appreciate thanks. it. And uh, keep practicing your game. I will. Cut and chip and <laughs> yeah. work inside, and because uh, spring will hit, come soon. It'll thanks. come very soon. Appreciate so. that. Thanks, Jeff. That's Dave Osted, CEO of Osted's Golf. That'll do it for this year of the golf show. Again, thanks for everybody. Thanks for all the sponsors. It's been an incredible run. We've had a fantastic spring and summer. Until next spring, hit them straight.